And again, we get to the end of the program. Let's talk some unusual stories to do with motoring and transport. Once again, we're joined by Brian Smith. Brian, good day, and thanks for your time. Good day, David. Now, cars, they want to automate everything. Uh, Google has revealed how it's developing an autonomous car horn system. Uh, now, this, of course, has been almost foretold, in a way, by The Simpsons. If you remember, Season 2, Episode number 15, was called Wherefore Art Thou Brother? And Homer designs a car for his brother, who is super rich as an automobile manufacturer, and, of course, sends him broke. But Homer, when he's talking about designing a car, he says, put a horn here, here, and here. I can never find one when I'm mad. Brian, is this a good idea? Well, horns are useful useful on the road and I think this is what Google are finding they're, they're useful for warning people of danger or of uh, you know the, of risk and alerting people to the that you're around and the problem with autonomous vehicles has always been how do you get the autonomous vehicle to judge when it's appropriate to use the horn and so the great thing about this is that you know we all use different horns don't we the sort of friendly toot that you might use as you you, you know seeing someone you recognize the other sort of toot, the short toot that says, you know, careful, I'm here, and that, that sort of angry blast on the horn. And, and knowing when to use these different types of horn or even different tones to uh, re- respond to different situations is very difficult. So they've been developing it, and they're developing the algorithm and testing it and sort of validating against people uh, in the vehicles to make sure that it can do the right thing. Last week I talked about a road rage incident where a guy just rode straight out on a push bike, straight into a main road in front of me. I had to brake. I don't care that I braking, that's not what I would call inconvenience, but I blew the horn and he went off his head. He swore and cursed and said, if I was a madman, I'd punch your head in. And, and I said, I'm merely trying to save your life. I could have said in that case, I had no control. The <laughs> car true. did it. The autonomous horn. Can it do a wolf whistle if you've got a good-looking person of either sex? I'm not trying to be sexist. Oh, sort of the hey baby kind of horn. Yeah, a play loco caracha. That's what, <laughs> what Homer wanted to do. The other thing is, can it judge uh, according to your political affiliation if you see a protest on the side of the road? If you're for it or against it, could you be able to, oh, yeah. able to enter in whether you're right or left wing or what your preferred uh, political stance is on various issues? Well, it could get you into trouble, you know, that can the car understand the nuances of the other people on the road as to someone who, who may think they're being tooted at or someone that you would go to toot and then you see them and you decide not to toot? You know, because they might be big and scary or be carrying a gun. And so, you know, you also want the car to be smart enough to not sort of see the sticker that says honk if you're horny and respond to it. Well, if you blow the horn and then the car suddenly realises that it's a big bloke or a bloke with a gun or a person with a gun, then a little hand comes out and points to the car beside you. (laughs) It it wasn't me, it was him. A ventriloquist horn. That'd be fantastic. Oh, yes. Well, what happens if you have conflicting situations? I was stuck behind a car coming in from a side street at a set of traffic lights 
and you had very limited green time and the car ahead, the guy had put his head down to read or something. So I tooted the horn. But there was a workman on the side of the road. It was about four o'clock in the morning. I was going to the airport or something. And so this poor workman was working overnight and he jumped a mile and he looked at me like I was death warmed up. You know, he, he wasn't <laughs> at all impressed. Uh, directional horn. That's what uh, I yeah. need. I yes, need it to target the direction. Well, instead of a horn, it could play a tone in the other car's uh, sound system. There you go. Instead of broadcasting, you narrow cast it. Yes. That's a great idea. But uh, the other thing, we often talk about autonomous vehicles and the freedom to reimagine things. And, and why should it be a horn sound? And why, you know, there are a lot of different sounds we could use. The tinkle of a bell, uh, a bicycle's bell the ringing of a light rail or a tram bell. So there's a lot of other sounds I think that we could use, animal sounds even, instead oh, okay. of just horns. So we could build quite a, a language of the vehicle's um, audio language that they're, they're transmitting to other drivers or other vehicles. Uh, it'd be interesting you're driving along through your sound system. The car to your uh, back left thinks that uh, perhaps as a personal reflection you're into self-gratification. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing is Google is talking about it as a 360 degree. So it's lovely. You'll be able to comment about everybody all around you. Yeah. Answer me this though, David. Mm. If in, an, in a world where there are lots of autonomous vehicles on the road, who's listening to the horns? You know, in the way that if a, if a tree falls in the forest and there's nobody there to hear it, did it make a noise? Well, well if there's no other human driver that is able to respond to the horn... What's the point of the horn? Ah, so maybe what it should do is send a short circuit to the other car. Well, it means the car needs to listen as yes. well as, as uh, speak. Yes, yes, indeed. Well, there was that way of, of finding out when recording and recording space was very expensive that they would record on a loop and not keep all the information until they heard an aggressive sound, like a screech of brakes. This is road safety experts. And so they would then save the last 10 seconds and be able to look, and without having to look at 24 hours of video, they would have a video of potentially dangerous situations. The incident. Hmm. Yeah, so sound could be the trigger for many a thing. Hmm. Brian, I think that's rather good. Now, you have a different story here, Brian, one of policing. Well, it's fascinating. This is the, the old West meeting the sort of uh, young urban situation. So uh, a horse rider who was uh, in the US, of course, the Oregon town of Medford, used his horse and rope to lasso a bike thief. So uh, a, a person, a woman had her bicycle stolen in a car park of a shopping centre and she and some other people gave chase on foot as the, the thief was riding away. On the scene was rancher Robert Borber who just happened to have his horse in a trailer. He actually mounted the horse and chased the cyclist and as the cyclist, the thief jumped off the bike, he, he actually lassoed him around the ankles and dragged him then held him until the police came. What a fantastic story. It sounds almost a little bit unbelievable. The horse was in a trailer. Did he unlock the back door, get it down, take it out, and, you know? 
Well, did it have its saddle on? Yes, yeah, saddle it and then mount the horse and give chase. It, it sounds a little bit less reality and more like a script from a sitcom. Yeah, was there no one else with a vehicle that could tr- chase this person? I guess a horse is uh, cross between a person, a human, and a, a vehicle, and it, it can sort of go places that cars can't. So, I mean, someone on a bicycle could quite easily yeah, make their way yeah, through houses and away from... Uh, from cars, so yeah, maybe the they need more mounted police. Uh, mate, I think this is going to make being a traffic cop a much more popular profession. Oh, yeah. You know, forget the Segway, forget police in these little tight shorts on a push bike. Then they could have the clothing, the ten gallon hats, the the chaps. They would be fantastic. Oh, David, look, it even had all of the old Wild West nomenclature so you know he, he was very quotable he says i use a rope every day that's how i make my living if it catches cattle pretty good it catches a bandit pretty good so he's been he's not just a bike thief he's a bandit a bandit but then again yeah. if you train train the police like that think of the police academy march out the, the passing out parade instead of being just a boring sort of thing where they throw their hats and they have a rodeo <laughs> the whole yeah, people would report on that. They'd be much more involved in it. Or, oh, or yeah. the meter maids in Surface Paradise. They need a refresh of their image. Well, you could just rename Surface Paradise the OK Corral. Well, the only trouble is, are you going to be really authentic? The early days of the Old West, what was the most popular hat? The bowler hat. <laughs> Not the 10-gallon hat. No, that kind of Stenson sort of thing came later. The other problem, too, is Mel Gibson will stop doing buddy movies as a policeman, when they, which is a good thing, but he'll start doing remakes of The Three Amigos. <laughs> Dirty Harry meets Roy Rogers. I, I just, yeah, sorry, I don't think that's going to work in a movie sense. Now, Brian, I've got a feeling we're going to be doing this type of story quite a lot, as we've done it a little in the past. I think more and more into the future it will come. A flying car will be on the market in two to three years, according to its manufacturer. There's a, a reliable source. So if you want one, it's time to sign up now. The PAL-V has got a patent in India, uh, which perhaps is good. And you can go and purchase one of these things. About three quarters of a million Australian dollars for one. Brian, this is for the elite is it a practical transport option? Well, David, I think uh, pretty much annually the, the flying car is reported, isn't it, yes. so that to yeah. be just around the corner. This one's interesting because most of them try to take a car and make it fly. This is much more like a kind of a hydro, uh, like a gyrocopter, more like an airplane or a helicopter that's been converted into kind of like a motorcycle on the road. It's got three wheels, two at the back, one at the front, and the rotors and the tail and, and the propeller sort of fold away. So it's taken its cues from aeronautical engineering and then tried to turn that into a car. So it's a pretty neat idea, but it's not for everyone. And I, it seems to be a single-seater, and I suspect if you wanted to take it off, you've probably got to go to an airport rather than um, just drive along and see the congested road in front of you and decide to uh, just take to the air. I think it would take a little while to... To set up. So, look, it's not going to change anything. It, they, they have a bit of uh, marketing images showing it flying above uh, a, a huge congested road. But, look, you're not going to be flying this thing, landing it on the road and that sort of stuff. So it's really... It's a helicopter with a big blade. So mm. if you've got a truck in front of you, you can't 
and and I presume you've got to have the blade pointing forward and back as you mm. go down a narrow road lane. So uh, you got you got to have little red flags on the end, haven't you? If you to make it legal, certainly on Australian roads, maybe it might be used to get to difficult or dangerous road places yeah. like holiday resorts and that. I don't see it carrying much luggage. I guess you have to have the special license to it. But as you're yeah. right, you know, if you're sitting in a line of traffic, is it going to have to have a blinker on the roof to sort of say, I'm going up now, just in case <laughs> there's another one coming behind? <laughs> That's right. If you get a few of these things, it could be quite, quite dodgy. So, look, the Jetsons' future is probably not happening just yet. I do like to see the flying car out there. It's kind of like the Chinese straddling bus, so it's amusing to, to see it pop up every now and then and... Uh, I guess somebody's sinking a bunch of money into this thing. Well, and among other things, of course, you've got to consider where you can park it because with that big rotor blade on it, it's going to take huge amounts of space to be able to get to it. Mm. Yeah. And, of course, you're merging not just uh, horizontally but vertically as well. Potentially. Yes, absolutely. And finally, Alan Geiger took to Craigslist in the United States to offer for sale his son's SUV. He was in Jacksonville, Florida. And the full ad reads, I have my son's truck up for sale that I bought for him as his first car. He thinks it's cool to drive around with his friends smoking dope and acting all thug and especially not showing me and my wife the respect that we deserve. Brian, is this the ultimate way of enforcing not only road safety, but a social conditions and rules such as uh, not drinking uh, and not smoking pot? Well, it's consequences, I suppose, David. But, but it's a beautiful story in that no doubt this has brought their family closer together. <laughs> yes. Actually, the car that he bought for him was a 1998 Ford Explorer, an SUV. So but he might be trying to save his life in two ways. Yeah. <laughs> Say, certainly save his wallet. The kid will have more money now to spend on dope. Just, <laughs> just have to get a ride to get it, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> You'll have to hitchhike, yeah, <laughs> borrow the car. We've seen a few of these sorts of stories around. Uh, they continue on. But uh, he wants to. He'll give a discount. It's, uh, he wants to sell it for about $2,000, Australian dollars. He'll give a $330 discount if someone locally buys it so his 18-year-old son keeps seeing the vehicle with its new owner and remind him how good he had it. It's lovely, isn't it, that your father's rubbing it in <laughs> like that. Again, thanks, Dad. You know, we'll laugh about this one day. With the grandchildren. The thing about it... He's certainly taking an aggressive line to it. It's a bit like the police who have scrapped some Hoon's cars and made them watch it as they crush them. He says, of course, that he doesn't give him the respect he deserves, and, of course, he deserves respect because he bought it for him. Brian, always good to talk to you. Thanks once again for your time. We'll catch you, hopefully, next week. Thank you, David. Brian Smith talking some unusual stories, some quirky news to do with motoring and transport.